Come on in, guys. Welcome back to Talking Llama for Survivor 44, Episode 8. Matt and Jared here. And before we get into the episode, we do need to get off on a bit of a, or not a bit of a, very, very much a sad note. Uh, if you follow Survivor online at all, you no doubt heard that Keith Nail passed away of Survivor fame. One of my favorite characters. We were, we were talking just last week about characters on the show, and Keith is is one of them. He's an astonishing character. He's, by all accounts, just an all-around good guy like i don't really know what else to say really about him he he was a lot of fun um called his wife big d i mean <laughs> talking about how survivor ain't fun going on a cruise is fun playing golf is fun this ain't fun like that's one of my favorite confessionals ever it's just it's perfect perfectly him uh but but sending sending love and and good vibes to to wes and big d rest of his family and just rest in peace to to our guy yeah not not much more uh from me to add there i was like really coincidentally um i watched a few episodes of second chance like uh a couple of weeks ago and um yeah one of them was uh everyone doing yoga with joe in the morning except for keith <laughs> uh <laughs> he said something along the lines of uh uh no i don't get up in the morning and do yoga I drink a cup of coffee and go to work just like 99% of America. Oh man. What, With what those words <laughs> I'd forgotten that exact quote, but that is astonishing. I don't know how much I love that. Not just given the circumstances, just in general, that's just, just amazing. Yep. Yep. Well, there's, there's no way to, transition smoothly on that one so we're just going to do it um one quick note i don't know if this is going to continue th through the rest of the season but with all the awful twists that this season has had it's inspired us well maybe not so much us but but chris our good friend an occasional third third wheel or fill-in here suggested the idea of him adding you know quote-unquote twists to our episodes so he he sent each of us he sent me two so i'm assuming he sent you two as well um twists or tasks or however you want to phrase it that that we must do if certain things are met and i will tell you right now i will not do his first one which he said don't <laughs> he do the told first me one you weren't gonna to. do his first one <laughs> i have no idea what it is but he told me you weren't gonna do it. i will tell you what it is because it's not like it's gonna be saved for later i'm just never gonna do it <laughs> it was anytime jared mentions carolyn the next thing i say must be in my best carolyn impression <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even know what a Carolyn impression would be. Yeah, so I will not be doing that one. Second one is is very no, oh, okay, is very yeah, easy yeah, yeah. to do. Okay, good. Um, and and if and when these come up, we will mention because it might it might throw a little awkwardness into the flow. So we'll say we'll let you know if they come up. But if they don't, let's let's keep them secret because maybe they'll come in later. Um, but if okay. they do come up, we will. 
will let you know that yes, that awkward transition was was due to Chris. And if you hate the twists, complain to Chris. We had nothing to do with this. It's all his idea. So <laughs> I if, know I if they fail, you know who to blame. Yeah, I was I'm a little torn. Blame Jeff. Yes. Yes. Um indirectly, Jeff. <laughs> uh yeah, I, I'm a little torn on like how obvious we want to be about the twist because like there's the whole um you know like say your your crazy phrases uh and and you'll be the only ones that know you know <laughs> and then then you get your idol um but i i think for everyone's sake it's probably going to be funnier if uh we point out what they are but um yeah i I mean, mine would be absolutely ridiculous if I just did it without saying it. So, uh, I imagine so. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still kind of on the fence, but we'll see how it do, goes. Do what feels right, Matt. See how it goes. All right, this episode didn't suck, Jared. No, no, just well, a little bit, but. I mean, after last week, there really was nowhere to go but up. Yeah, I actually. I totally forgot last week. They didn't recap it, so I have no idea uh, what happened. They they didn't tell me what happened again at the beginning of this episode. Well, that's good. We can because we can just pretend last week didn't happen with how just horrible, awful, no good it was. Um, but this this week, aside from a stupid, stupidly formatted immunity challenge. Long. This was just an. It was so long. Also, that was an issue. This was just an episode of Survivor. There was yeah. no. Let's make seventy-five percent of the tribe left immune. There's no. Everyone gets an idol. There's no journey. There was. There was no nonsense from production, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Definitely an improvement. I. I will say, the. <laughs> I. I held myself back from texting you during the challenge being like, why, why are they doing this again? This is, I feel like this is not the first time even this season that they took a commercial break during a challenge. Cause it was so long. Unless you're getting something like, like Christian versus Alec in the six hour Epic challenge. Yeah. You, the, a, an immunity challenge should be one segment. You don't need a commercial break aside from the rare exception where it's warranted. This was just a long, long challenge that needed it. They don't need to be this long. Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, the the third, we'll get to it, but the third stage, that's just a challenge in itself. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Um, but Hey, well, let's, let's uh, continue with the positivity here. I, I didn't mean to get us off track. We'll see how long the posit- positivity lasts. May- we'll out, of, s- out of me, yeah. If I can stay at neutral, I think we'll we'll call it a success this week. Uh, so we start back at camp, and one of the fun things about the the post-tribal camp is that somebody has to do damage control because of whatever happened at the previous vote. But this week, there's none of that because four, five people voted. It's just, <laughs> there's the, on- the only part kind of drama was was Heidi having to um talk to Jam Jam about why she put her her control of vote on him. 
she was saying that she had no control of the outcome of the vote. So she just kind of threw it on who she thought would be the most accepted or whatever it was. Now, my question, and I saw a couple of people on Twitter asking the same thing. Her her control of vote was only good for that tribal. But did she have to play it? Uh, I don't know. Like if she truly believed that no matter what she did, especially with Lauren's extra vote on the table, that Matt was going home no matter what. Could she have just saved herself the awkwardness of saying, I'm going to make this person vote for this person and just just let it expire? I don't who knows I mean, I could see them like. Not explicitly stating that but behind the scenes like really encouraging her to use it or something just just something interesting because if there's no value added to to the advantage and it's it's like it can only be net negative or neutral at best maybe she shouldn't have played it i mean now the other thing is maybe saving face with her group of you know, putting on the the show of doing it. But if she truly could have, could have convinced them that Lauren's got the extra vote, she's going to do this, this, and this if we do this. So nothing's going to change if they're voting for Matt. They're going to vote for Matt either way. Let me just not play it. I don't have to put anyone else on the outs. If it was that obvious, maybe she could have convinced them. But I don't think we need to spend too much time on it. Just uh, an interesting thought that, that some people were, were having tonight. Yeah. Yep. Uh yeah, I don't I don't really have anything else to add there either. No, that's fair. Uh, so at this point, uh, we've got Carolyn, Jam Jam and Carson, who are kind of collectively the swing vote. Um, they they want to work together. People see them as, and you know, the Tika trio and that kind of where they go, the vote goes with, with the numbers. Um, and Kane and Brandon get getting a little cocky, basically saying this is Ratu's game to lose, that if one of them doesn't win, we messed up is what Kane says. And I don't see how that's the case i think it's i think it's tony vlacos math because it's four four three yes there was a little tribe swap but if you're counting carson as part of the tika trio you can't count him also as part of ratu anymore you can't have you can't you can't have him both ways so it's four ratu four soka and three and three tika it's not like yes you have kind of the numbers and you might have like four and a half if you want to get get weird about it, but it's nothing like you're dominating the numbers. I know his Kane's exact line was like, "Man, no one's ever just decimated the other tribes." Are we going to give him the benefit of the doubt and assume he was talking about the new era of the show? Be- when because that in that case it's true, but I mean, yeah. obviously. I mean, I mean, obviously, there's been Pagangian since season one, hence the name Pagangian. Yeah. Um, so I'll I'll give him in recent memory. But to but the dumbest part is just to assume you're going to decimate someone when four of the 11 people left in the game are your tribe is. Uh, yeah. Doesn't, yeah, this is, this is no Palau. No. That's true decimation. I love it. Um, but it basically kind of puts puts you on high alert that someone from their group is maybe going home tonight, which is what happened. I thought it was maybe going to be Kane since he's the one saying it. Um, but did did we know that Kane and Brandon were this tight? 
Uh, no. I mean, I think it was probably no. safely assumed just that that's how yeah, it works. Yeah, because weren't they on they're on the same side? They're the only people that were like truly on the opposite side. The first vote, like, wasn't Kane the only guy that voted for Brandon on the first vote? Yes. So naturally, we'd assume that they're closest allies. Oh, jeez. Whatever. This is <laughs> stupid. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're they're very, very, very confident, which is always the fine line to walk in Survivor of being confident and overconfident and then just losing your pants right away. Uh, so they get they get tree mail and the tree mail says only one person will survive. So I'm like, great. Only one person will win immunity. Awesome. Why are they telling us telling us this in tree mail? That should be the norm. So then, of course, we get the next little bit where it's they must divide into five groups of two to compete in the challenge. And the one the one little hiccup here is that is that Carson has been sick. So he's kind of feeling bad that whoever gets paired with him is just going to be kind of on the outs. But I can't remember who it was. If it was maybe Carolyn who said who said she would just take Carson is that what if this is who you're competing against, maybe like to start off, which is which is the way you should be thinking in the game. So credit to, I think, Carolyn, but. Whoever it was that said that. And now ultimately they are competing together. But it isn't an interesting thought. I'm trying to think of. I think it was maybe an Australian Survivor season where they did something like this, but then it was competing against that person in a way. So it wasn't it wasn't like as straightforward as, oh, just team up with with your alliance partner or whoever it is. But it was, no, you're gonna take them out of the challenge, which I, which is a fun little twist. Well, I see we're back to the Australian Survivor talk this week, Matt. <laughs> Do you wonder what, what brought that upon? <laughs> uh, hey, I'm playing the game. I'm playing the podcast game. That's what it's all about. There you go. Is that an every time? Or do you want to uh, say? I, he gave me a maximum. I, I asked for a maximum and he... Once I pick up on it, I I could just, just I know that's why it. I did it. I had I had the foresight to know what was going to happen. So, but no, I I will not not abuse the 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 challenge. If it comes up naturally, I will, but I I won't just try to reference, try to try to squeak in a reference to this to the other version of the show, which I won't name right now. So it's not a direct mm-hmm. reference, um, just to get that pitch perfect, Aussie. Aussie accent out of you. Yep. I had I was practicing a little bit uh <laughs> ten minutes before the show. Good, good. I like it. Now, so the five pairs for the challenge, Kane and Brandon, Franny and Jam Jam, Carolyn and Carson, Danny and Lauren, Heidi and Jamie. And so they're competing. It's a three-staged challenge. They compete together in the first two with uh teams eliminated each stage. The first challenge, um, first stage of the challenge, they run through one at a time or crawl through a muddy twisted net, which looked like absolute hell. Yep. That looks they've done that one before, I think, right? Uh yeah, that was Noel. Um That was just last season. I th- I think so. Or yeah, yeah. That was her. Did they do the team part of this last season too? Is the final 10 now just going to be a, a group challenge like this? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I, I need to know. I, I'm going to 
I need to. <laughs> I would love if the more we talked about this episode, just the worse it became in our minds. Okay, jeez. Uh, final ten, 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 ten. Okay, this is really good. As I look look in Wikipedia on silence, in silence, <laughs> on silence. That's what. The what... <laughs> That's what editing is for, Matt. I don't edit. <laughs> if there's really long pauses, I will. But cut out the beginning, cut out the little bit at the end, pop on the the intro and outro music, and and we call it a day, Jared. Mm, okay. Okay. Let's see. Final ten. Was James. And that was episode. Okay. Castaways divided into two teams of five. So this was five teams of two. Wait, that was the vote before. Um immunity mm. challenge. Um no, it was it was different. Um I just remember Noel trying to go through the net and uh it kind of going how it went with Carolyn. Oh no, they they did it earlier. The, the pairs of castaways raced through a twisted rope tunnel, dug up puzzle planks and a flag, returned to the mat. The first fair, first four pairs to finish moved on. Okay, so they did it, but just earlier in the earlier in the merge. That was when. When Dwight's so that was the first merge challenge, but I but again it's a it's a stupid trend to have that at some point there's going to be almost like it feels like kind of a guaranteed team ish immunity challenge like this. Stopping so predictable. Yeah, it's like formulaic, but just with all the things we don't like. Yeah, it's like it's unpredictable like last week, but with terrible ideas. Like with unpredictability, it doesn't have to be new twists and advantages. It can just be you don't know when the merge is going to happen. You don't know how many idols are in the game. You don't know when there's going to be an auction, if they're in the auction back. You know, it's those kind of things. It's not like you don't know when some game-breaking twist is going to happen, making seven out of 11 people safe at the vote. Nope. We're back to the negativity. Got to move on. Uh, let's see. First challenge or first stage. Carolyn barely makes it through the net before the last team finds their 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 planks. So she and Carson are are out. I actually enjoyed the Carolyn Carson part here because Carson, who is clearly still sick, has like no voice. She's just like, "Go, Carolyn. You can do this. <laughs> yeah. You got it. Just twist." And that was even probably more energy than he had. Yep. Uh, felt for the guy. Yeah. He said he threw up like eight times, I think. Yep. I've had that yep. before. Brutal. It's yep. n- no fun. No fun. Second stage, the climb of a cargo net, use the planks to cross a rope bridge and then go down the slide. First two pairs to finish. Advance to the final stage. 
Brandon and Kane finish first, followed by Danny and Lauren setting up the final stage. And it's a Survivor Classic. Stand between two poles on narrow footholds and don't fall off. Give me all 11 people left doing this. Yes. This is an actual challenge on its own. There's no reason that this couldn't have been the entire challenge. Nope. Zero whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah. I... I don't, I, yeah, I don't know what inspired just all of the extra stuff. Like we, we complain about doing the same things over and over again, but like this challenge is actually a good challenge. So like, I wouldn't mind seeing this just as it was. Yeah. Do something different. If you, if you're going to go through with this format, do something different at at the very end or something that doesn't that wouldn't isn't just like a regular challenge that you do and because of course anything you do at the end could be a full tribe challenge but don't make it one that they've used before literally use exactly the same what i'm saying is that like like the challenge like the this part of the challenge is actually one of the things that i kind of like like it's a it's like a a decent challenge, especially if there's a lot of people left in the game. And if we're going to be like doing really predictable things, well, the one time that you might as well give it to us is when it's actually like a solid challenge. Like I I don't mind seeing this one again. This is like, this is just a willpower, like seemingly fair challenge. And it's uh yeah, they just had to combine it with a bunch of other modern Survivor stuff that just, it didn't work for me. Do you think it's fair, though? Uh, it it depends if... I think, I mean, for me, it's fair enough. Just if it, it's fair as anything else in Survivor. Yeah, I would have to... I think I know where you're going, or at least I, I hope I know where you're going. If they proportion the pegs to like the width of someone's foot, then I would say it's fair. I wonder if they do. I know for other challenges, you know, if it's like you might hold on to 20% of your body weight or whatever it might be. Um, And I know players have said, I think Tyson has said in his podcast that they'll measure you out. So if, if it's one where you're like standing and you're like holding something between like your head and a and a and a lever or whatever that people's stands are different to make to make that part fair. But I don't know if I've ever heard anything specifically on this this challenge. Yeah. I would hope they do. I would hope they do. That might be a little. I mean, feet ratios might be a little much for them. Um, I mean, we know we know that if you're one of the last five people, if you have a twenty percent chance of winning the game. So I'm not sure if. Uh, if this survivor math is uh, super detailed, but I would love to see numbers. This is where back to my, my analytics, uh, my survivor analytics. Like I want to know how many guys have won this challenge compared to girls. Just every time it's been done. It does seem to be a, a girl centric challenge or Ozzy. <laughs> it, it gave me just like one of the one of the greatest coach moments too. 
this challenge. Just returning from exile and having to go stand on those pegs. Oh, this just is... in pure agony. The glorified warrior. That that moment is. This isn't the first time that exact challenge has come up on on our show, and, and with good reason. It's yeah. it's incredible, but I'd forgotten that it was that challenge. Yep. But I can picture it now. Now that you say it. Yep. Just crying to the heavens, <laughs> walking in with the walking stick. <laughs> do you think? Yeah. Do you think production placed that stick there because it's a perfect, it's a perfect walking <laughs> stick. He was basically in like a little pond with dirt around him. And he just finds this like perfectly level, perfectly mm-hmm. sized stick that you can walk back with. I bet he carved it. You know, coach, he's a, a man of many talents. He's probably some sort of, uh, what, what was Wendell? What did he do? Uh, he's like a carpenter woodworker. Yeah. Yeah. Build was... Stuff. Maybe looking for a different word than than carpenter, but yeah, he's one of those. We got can, way off track here, but it's make, coach, so I'm okay things. with it. That's kind of how things go with coach, and we're gonna get more <laughs> off track here, um, because I've got to ask you to rank trigger finger ranking on season forty one to forty four, just comparison to all all previous seasons. <laughs> season season forty one to season forty four. Uh, hang on one more time. Just the the new era of the show. Just where would they roughly rank in Survivor rankings? Um, bottom ten percent. All of them. <laughs> so complicated. No, no. Um, I'm just saying. Like, obviously, they're near your bottom, but are they all in that bottom ten percent? Uh. All of them but 43. 43 would be like mid-pack. Okay. Yeah, that's one thing I'm going to do in the offseason is redo some of those rankings because I look at where I have some of those now and it's just not correct. No, no. It's, um, I think a lot of people were excited to have it back and like even if I go listen to just like one random episode of another podcast, like the feedback is just, it's like shockingly good to me. And you know, like everyone will talk about like what a great winner Marianne was. And it's like, okay. Yeah. I mean, Kim Spradlin, Marianne. Yeah. Pretty much the same, same thing. <laughs> I would hope a lot of that is, is formed by just how much they like Marianne. That they're saying like I just I like seeing her win because I like her. She seems like a good, like a good person. That's a is good to represent the game. Which take it as you want in terms of how that should be it for a survivor winner. But if if that's where they're coming from, which is more of she played this amazing game, I would understand it more. Yeah, her biggest move was she didn't play an idol. Hey, so it makes a it, great player. It got the shock factor. <laughs> you're you're at, to. at that point. You're playing the jury as much as you're playing the game. I know, I know. I won't. I won't start again on that. But that was in case you couldn't tell. That was my second. I was kind of wondering. My second task it was basically 
and it this was this was a weird one because it's been like borderline a couple times. It was just if you compared, if you made any comparisons to pre Survivor forty one, I had to ask you to rank forty one to forty four. Okay, and yeah. so when you you said coach, that was like one of the best moments, or whatever. Like that's yeah, close enough. Yeah. But I wasn't yeah. going to use the Keith part as that because I also wasn't really a comparison. Plus, it just kind of felt felt wrong. Um, but I still got my your second one. I gotta find gotta find what to what 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 will mm-hmm. trigger that second second task mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. Uh, where we at? Challenge final. Oh, um, at the final four. So it's again Brandon Kane, Danny Lauren, and what do you know? Brandon and Kane fall off first, followed by Danny. Lauren wins. Who could have seen this coming, Jared? Oh, you know. If I had if I had seen 43 seasons of Survivor leading up to this, I may have gotten there. <laughs> I may have gotten there that it was Lauren. Like the most obvious, <laughs> obvious <laughs> winner prediction at any point. Once you got once you saw that for. Um yep. on a positive note, no journey this week. Probably because the challenge took no. so goddamn long. Right. Well, no journey and and plus like that we we always appreciate the the one person that can't win the challenge winning the challenge. So that, that was also a positive. What do you mean by that? This in this in this episode. Just the the name that's been talked about like the immunity oh. challenge, you know how everyone was like like Danny was targeting Lauren. Oh, and, okay, okay. Uh, she goes on and wins the immunity challenge, and then everyone's like, "Ah, dang it!" <laughs> I I see I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. But yes, I as we said before, I I always do appreciate when the the perceived favorite target wins because then they gotta do some scrambling. But apparently, the plan was pretty simple: um, vote for any off. Kane and Brandon want to vote out for any, and yeah, just get rid of all the people that we actually know about and care about. That's 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 what we want on the show. Keep Kane and Brandon. Seem like perfectly fine guys. We know nothing about them. So yeah, keep keep them going for the rest of the rest of the season. What do you think? <sighs> that tells us. That tells yeah. us. <laughs> uh, but thankfully, that's all that's all I know about Kane and Brandon, to be honest with you. <laughs> Just that that sigh and emotion. Brandon played in the NFL and he's Kane a Renaissance is, man. And, and Kane, Kane is, can, is Canadian. Is from the Renaissance. Good to know. That's news. He loves the swords. The yeah, that's about <laughs> it. That's all I have. And he sang the Canadian national anthem one time. Him being so like aggressively confident early on was so weird because we haven't seen anything from him. So all of a sudden, there's just this guy on our screen, just being like very in your face about how how much control they have in the game. It's like where where is this coming from? Like just. The thought of it, how much control you have, and this this attitude, like, is it maybe that's new with the with the new phase of the game? It feels new, some new control, but that's how he's been the entire time. We've seen nothing of it. Yep. Yep. Um, but thankfully, Heidi Heidi gets to work on a counter plan. She wants to take out Brandon. Um, so Danny at this point reveals his idol to Heidi, saying he'd be willing to play for Franny to blindside Brandon if needed. What do you think about that decision? I hated it. That's the one time I texted you. I mean, when he went up and actually played it, but not a fan of playing your idol for someone else. Typically not. There are, there are situations, obviously. 
Um, yeah, they're, they're for everything. But I want to table that because I I want to hear your full reasoning because I'm I'm a little in the middle, which I will come to a decision one way or the other because I hate being in the middle on things like that. Um, but right now I'm a little little waffly on it, so I would love to hear your full thoughts here. But let's kind of get the the setup out of the way here. Um, so then, so again, he t- he says he'd play it for Franny if needed. Um, and Heidi then tells Jam Jam and Carson about Danny's idol, kind of, kind of using it as a way to kind of strong arm them to to vote with their plan because yeah. the Tika trio aren't completely on board, at least not all three together, seemingly with the Brandon vote. They might want to just vote out Franny, keep it simple, get with the the powerful Ratu, perceived powerful Ratu, and keep their numbers strong. Um. But there's no counter plan to that. They, it's not like they can go tell someone about the idols. So they can change the plan and throw the plan in disarray. That would never happen in the game. Never. Nope. Never seen that either. I mean, it didn't. So, I mean, they got lucky. No, but I, that was exactly what I thought was going to happen. I mean, I thought the whole thing was going to get blown up. Like, that was my that was my impression from the second that she told, uh, I guess, multiple other people about it. But, like, it's not really a bad move on her part. It's no it's like information that she didn't have before and it's not really her secret to keep. So like get it out there. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. And Jam Jam even says, you know, maybe he can use this to, to thwart the plan is to, is to shift, shift the vote to whether it's Danny or somebody else and, and, and have him waste the idol on Franny, but he's, he's not, he's not completely sure on which way he's going to go. Um, and then so Carson's talking to Danny and Danny wants to keep the plan, the the vote small. He wants it to be just him, Carson, Heidi and Franny voting for Brandon. Um, Just which I like the idea of it. You know, less, less than a chance for for things to go wrong, even though a lot can always go wrong. Um, But so Carson asked him, oh, you don't want to keep Jam Jam in, in the loop. He knows about your idol. And Danny's just like, F me. Yeah. He just he completely realizes how how much all of his heart his his work and efforts could just been torpedoed right there. Might need to play it for himself just to be safe and yep. waste it. Not really sure which way he's going to go at that point. Um, he's still willing to play for Franny if that's the read, but seems quite a bit shakier now at at this point. Um, but we don't really get a feel going in which way it's going to go. Um, he does stick with the plan. Plays an idol for Franny, negates six votes, and they send Brandon to the jury. And make your case for why this was a bad move to play his idol. In hindsight, it wasn't that bad. Um because it worked. But it would be a bad move if he played it for her and he got voted off. Like that's that's the biggest downside um otherwise i would say you weren't going home there's still 10 other people there you don't have to use it save it for when you need it i think that's the biggest sticking point um i think he kind of put himself in a position where he had to play it but when he said he had it then yes yes once that once that cat's out of the bag and he says I will play it for I will play it for you, Franny and Heidi. I will play it for Franny. That 
he can try to convince them that, oh, once Jam Jam and Carson knew knew about it, I thought they were going to switch the vote to me, so I played it for myself to play, to play it safe. Not the best look, but you can kind of salvage maybe a little bit because at least the, the logical thinking tracks. But yeah, once he says it, he's kind of stuck with it. Um, but the, the other thing, like you said, he saves it for himself. He's got an idol for himself with a bunch of a bunch of other people there that even if he's the perceived target, because people now know he has an idol that was unplayed, he's got an idol that, that can still be played. They're going to be hesitant to vote for him at the next tribal council. Um, I'm just saying, though, that I, I guess I'm factoring in that people didn't originally know about it. So like. So, so you think the entire thing was bad, not just yeah. the fact that he that he played it on its own. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I got the, yeah. The logic that he used, like in this situation and tribal council. Let's let's do a little hypothetical here. Let's say he didn't tell them about his idol, and. They, they just say we're just going to vote for Brandon and, and hope that the Tika trio vote with us. Do you think it would have been a good move to then play his idol? No. No. I, I mean, based on what I said earlier, I I would just say keep it to yourself and if you're not the one going home and there's still a ton of people left it's probably not the time to play it. True. I part of it, and I because I don't really know how close he feels with with Carson, Carolyn, and Jam Jam. Like, yes, they need their numbers, but everyone needs their numbers at this point. Like, they're they're a very yeah. important trio. Although they didn't vote together, they didn't they didn't all vote together. Carolyn voted for Brandon, and um. Wait, I wrote this down. At least one of them voted for Franny. Oh, uh, I I would guess Jam Jam. Jam Jam try. did. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so did Carson. Carson also voted for Franny. Uh, so, that's so, a, that's so Carolyn, like a... Danny, Franny, and Heidi all voted for Brandon. That seems like a Carson move. Like trying to get ahead of the game and not voting where you said you were going to just to try and get with the numbers to kind of play both sides. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's, if that's the way he takes it. Um, But now I don't, it could, it could be interesting going forward. Cause now if Carolyn, if Carolyn didn't know that jam jam and Brandon, I'm sorry, that jam jam and Carson we're voting for Franny over Brandon. That could cause a rift going forward. Mm-hmm. If she feels, you know, another level of betrayal from the two of them. Um, Cause look, if we look at the numbers now, so it's, it's Brandon. God, I keep saying Brandon. He's out of the game. Um, it's Franny, Heidi and Danny from Soka. Kane, Lauren, and Jamie from Ratu. And Carolyn, Carson, and Jam Jam from Tika. So theoretically, it's a it's a 3-3-3 split. 
Yeah. Which could be pretty in- interesting and fun going forward if things shake out. Um, but it, I mean, also could be a five, four, depending on, on how that, that Tika, Tika trio shakes out. If it is now a, a two, one split between them, Carson jamming them together and Carolyn with the Sokas. Yeah. This is where the decimation comes in. <laughs> oh, oh man. Did you watch the preview for next week? I did, but I forgot it already. Oh, because Kane just said he didn't feel betrayed. He felt woken up. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's probably why I forgot it was Kane. And that's what you want on day 15 of a 26-day game. That's when you want to wake <laughs> up. Uh, yep. Carson woke up, and then he threw up eight times. Maybe just kind of stay asleep. <laughs> uh, but I mean, overall... This was a, it wasn't great episode. If we're, if we're tiering the episodes of this season, just against this season, this is a top tier episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was just a, it was just a, it was just a standard episode. Of Survivor. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, we'll take it. Yeah. Again, not getting my hopes up that this is going to be, the, the the vibe going forward, but they at least improved. You know, they didn't they didn't stay stagnant from last week. They at least got better. I'm sure there's gonna be one or two more valleys, deep, deep valleys, but we'll see. Here's a hypothetical. Um do you think not hypothetical, but I guess more of just a a questioning. Do you think that after I'm sure just getting slaughtered last week, do you think production can change an episode on the fly with a week's notice and like churn out a better product than it was? I I would say sometimes it depends on what the episode that they would be changing is and if they can change it but still make it coherent like say say last week was like say there was two up ep- two weeks in a row with horrible twists they couldn't change last week's episode because those twists were critical parts yeah. of the episode yeah so I, I don't know. I don't know that they would want to, because I, I, I feel like the intention of the season is to tell one story, and whatever that story is, every episode is in service of that story. So that they might yeah. be able to rework things here and there. Um, now, like like this week, if if they hear a bunch of complaints that oh the challenge was way too long. And they have another long challenge next week. Maybe they can cut out a couple minutes yeah. of the challenge and put in a couple more minutes back at camp. Yeah, I think that I think the changes would probably be marginal, just like marginal improvements if they were able to do them. But yeah, I I would doubt that. Now I know nothing about the production end of this in in this sense of it, at least. 
I would bet though that they don't change anything. Like I, I would feel like it would have to be extreme. Like, yeah, we I, I, they're I hate... so committed to this like new era survivor thing that I I don't think they even care. Not in season, at least. I feel like if anything's going to change, they're going to let the current season play out, and then take into account whatever criticisms or congratulations, you know, the one or two they'll have um, going into the next production cycle. So, but it's, it's an interesting thought. Like if they got enough pushback, maybe they will, but I don't, I don't think it would be, it would, there would be enough to, yeah. to actually do anything. Um, unless like whoever is in charge of CBS right now says like this episode was terrible fix it for next week i think whoever's in charge of cbs is worried about their nfl contract and not much else unless you're just a big survivor fan <laughs> maybe that could be it uh but any more thoughts on this episode no no i'm i'm pretty much good i was expecting to uh i've gotten so like I've fallen into this negativity trap pretty much every week. So I was expecting to just come on and be negative, but uh, yeah, I, I guess I didn't know what you would have thought of the episode coming in. So you kind of swayed me on it. That's it's funny. You mentioned that um, because I was watching the episode and I hate this season of survivor for doing this. I was like upset that this episode didn't suck. <laughs> I know. I was like, I this, this season has been so bad. Just make it all terrible. Don't give me any hope at the end. Just make it suck. Yeah, like, it's the TV version of a tank. Like, you don't <laughs> want to be, like, mediocre to, like, below average bad. Who was it in the NFL last year? Was it the Texans that, like, went for two in, like, in week 17 and cost them <laughs> the number one draft pick? To get their, uh, their second or third win in the season. Yeah, uh, it was probably in the Texans Colts game because they were both really, really battling for that uh, that worst record. But yeah, and the Texans scored at the end, went for two to win it, and just like, oh, you also now do not get your QB of choice. Good. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was kind of feeling like. It's like I want Survivor to be good. I want the show, the episodes to be good, but a part of me. The initial reaction was just make it all terrible. Yeah, we need like I want it to be historically bad. I like oh and sixteen lions. You know, like what's the fun if you win one game and you're one in fifteen? Exactly. That's that's a really that's a really good comparison. Um like like can you imagine if Thailand had like a really likable winner at the very end? <laughs> Just all of the nonsense that all of the awfulness that just sucks. But then like the the like the most popular player for fans and other players wins the season. Yeah, like they cast Rupert on that season. <laughs> <laughs> like just having, ha- having the scumbag win the show is just the only way that for that season to end. Yeah, well, they had a lot of options to choose from at the end. <laughs> um. But yeah, that'll that'll close it out for, for this week, and we'll see what next week brings. Um, I do want to mention one one thought we've had for we always talk about doing 
off-season content, and we almost never do, um, which I'm fine with. But one idea we've been kicking around, and by kicking by been kicking around, I mean it came up yesterday and today. Um, From not either one of us. Well, it started with Chris, but then I ex- <laughs> I expanded it. Yeah. So the idea would be to create a tier list of survivor players and there would have to be some stipulations on narrowing down. We're not going to do 500 players. That's it's already yeah. going to be too much as it is. No, yeah, we're probably going to go with 700. <laughs> Bringing all the I don't even know how many people have played. It's it's a lot. It's at, I think it's at least 500. <laughs> okay. So just to kind of get get the ball run run a little bit, I was thinking we could tier the post merge players from each season. And then you can make a special pitch if there's someone that and and what I what I mean by that, so like um if someone who went out pre-merge in their first season but then became post-merge later on, like they would be eligible. Yes. Like with someone who's only made it pre-merge, no matter how many times they've played, they would not be eligible. You can make I would say you can make a special like pitch for them. They wouldn't be part of the of the default group we'd look at. For each I season. will I will make an exception for Francesqua. Yes, you can make it. You can you can pitch for that. And then then the idea would be kind of what what traits are we going off of? Because I was thinking characters, which would be very different than like best players or even favorite players. Because like person I was thinking of would be like Sydney from Co Wrong. I really like her because she played a pretty solid game. Yep. Yep. But she's she'd be so low on a tier list of of tv characters yeah yeah um i would if there was even like a place that like like a consensus database that survivor fans can use i would be okay even just like taking players from that but i don't think that exists so i think the the post merge only players is probably the way to go. Mostly because they're the only ones we'll we'll know more about. I, yeah. I mean, except for and I wouldn't even rank this guy would be Jeff Farner, who just has epically <laughs> never made the <laughs> made the merge. For, I mean, like for a variety of self inflicted <laughs> reasons. Yeah, he wrote but a book m- though. <laughs> That'll make it all better. <laughs> but the point being, most people who have not made the merge do not make a memorable impact where they'd be that even that fun to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. But there's just yeah. an idea we've been kicking around. It would take a long time because it we would, would do... but it would be it would be great fun and uh yeah. Chris would a, be in on it also. We do a couple scenes at a time, probably one or two. So it would take several you know, several months to do that. So it would give us something easy to go back to if we want to do a few random ones in between seasons. Um, knock out a few. But just something we're kicking around. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um I, I'm just picturing the tier list on the tier it's called tier maker of just like four hundred names squeezed in there. <laughs> Break the website. I love it. Yeah. And then there'd be other stipulations of I mean, I think we'd almost have to have Chris on for all of them. Yeah, then, then, then we can vote, and there'd be a majority. I mean, yeah, majority rules. Because otherwise, yeah. it's 
If I yeah. say S and you say A, what's going to be the sign factor? Yep. Um, and I would, I would want to start with this season. Um, That's a really good idea. I think, I think what I'd want to do is, and again, we can kick this around offline, but I was thinking do like these, these four, assuming we start between 44 and 45 is do these four seasons just like together as one episode. Yeah. And then start at, at Borneo. Yeah, I I think um, we may not even be able to use the actual template. It would have to be like a custom designed like Excel chart or something. Like Are you that. looking at it right now? No, no, I've seen it though. I I know what you're talking about. Oh, I, I thought you're looking at it and you and it you, there's something about like maximum or something like that. But no, no, I mean I we probably hit the maximum for F tier just from this season alone. I don't think so. I had to because had it's, to. it's only pre-merge. <laughs> oh yeah, post-merge. that's true. It's only post-merge. I that's true. Up. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just I think I think it'd be a fun idea, and I'm sorry, I'm gonna do it to you, Jared. A fun idea to to combine with our potential Australian Survivor con- content that might be coming. Well, I was really hoping you wouldn't give me another another Australian Survivor <laughs> reference. There are a couple that, note. that I that I held back on, but that one it, it fit in exactly with what we're talking it, about. It so. did. It did. Yeah, a couple couple of fun pre postseason mid between season ideas that we've got got floating around. We'll see if we follow through with either of them. Um, but in the meantime, we've got this season to finish off with. Just a few more weeks though, Jared. It's almost done. Yep. And guess what? The wacky twist will just keep on coming from us. The the next week on didn't show anything, so maybe we have one more week of of no nonsense from production. Yeah, yeah, but or maybe more. Maybe it's just so wacky that they didn't want to even tease it, like actually surprise us for once instead of telling us what they're going to surprise us with. <laughs> Only time will tell. Uh, but that'll do it for for this week. Uh, if you want to subscribe and we would love that you do find us on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you listen, follow us on Twitter at Llama Talk Pod, Instagram at Talk Llama Pod. And for Jared Sundin, this is Matt Hambage, and we'll see you all next time for another Scoop of the Crispy.